Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 222. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Okay. I'm being too loud. I did that because we're going (laughs) to talk about A Quiet Place 2. Oh, okay. But we're not going to get to that for a little bit, but uh, let's uh, just kick things off. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our sports podcast. But uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, Right off the bat, Andy, we might want to be heading to Greenland uh, in the uh, immediate future here. Are you uh, familiar with as to why? Uh, There are asteroids coming. Yeah. So there's about five or six asteroids that uh, are darn near us. Dang nubbit. But uh, according to NASA, they're... A good, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me anymore, but like 320-ish mi- uh, million miles away. Uh, but that's still going to be pretty close. Is, uh, is Billy Bob Thornton still working there? Yeah, he's on his way. That's good. Uh, I trust him. Yeah, so the one that, that could get us is about the size of the Space Needle, <laughs> but uh, potentially about the size of uh, the Empire State Building. Uh, they're not quite certain. Um but yeah, and that one I believe is called like KT1 or something. So yeah, Greenland, maybe it's real. Uh, and this would be happening, I believe, uh, like Tuesday evening as you're uh, listening to this yesterday, probably, or today, Wednesday. Um, I didn't, I wasn't able to locate an exact time. Um, so Godspeed. To, to I mean, like right now it could hit us. And exactly. Hit Whoa. You know. That'd be a good way to go out, yeah. not even knowing. Uh, but yeah, kind of fun, you know. Uh, we just watched Greenland not long ago. Okay, uh, moving right along. We talked about it last week. We were a little nervous. Uh, I was a little nervous of this happening, at least. And uh, well, it, it, it happened. And uh, Amazon went just went ahead and bought MGM for a whopping let me load eight. Point four five billion dollars. I feel like we should all own a percentage of that then, since we all have Amazon. That's part of your Prime subscription. Exactly. We each get like the rights to one classic movie. Yeah. From like nineteen eleven. Probably. Be nice. <laughs> um. Yeah. Crazy. Who? I mean, it's brilliant for Amazon Prime, and which is often you know not even mentioning like, you know, where'd you watch that, that like Amazon prime, but you know, of unoriginal content, which I generally prefer. They have a lot and they also do make content. I like their Jack Reacher stuff. Um, but this is brilliant on their, their part, you know, just I'll buy a studio. I can make my own. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the bulk of the deal, the reason the deal is, is for, well, now they own these properties, uh, but I think there's more to it. It's just like MGM's a, a working production company. Like that's now you own that. I'm sure their plan is to kind of let them still operate. Oh yeah, as they are, and just well now all your movies and stuff comes to us too. So, uh, but they did say that they want to be aggressive in like making more content with their things they own, which is like. Everyone thinks, oh, that means Bond. Bond is their big thing. So, so they're going to make Bond Origins and stuff like uh, Mandalorian style. Yeah, like a, a spinoff of Young Q or something stupid like that. Um, yeah. Like, are we kind of like, ruining things by overdoing yeah. it? Well, it's like uh, CBS did that show, uh, Clarice, which is, you know, uh, Silence of the Lambs. So it's like a, a prequel origin story series for her where she's now just uh it's just CSI but with her and it's like is that really necessary? Is that no it's not. I did not watch it. Yeah, so that that's kind of the fear people have is Amazon just gonna make a bunch of shit like that. Yeah. Just churn out things that have names people know, so that's how they do it and they don't make anything original, but Well, I guess we'll see soon enough uh, how they plan to be capitalized on this yeah 
Yeah, but, I mean they they need they need more stuff. Like as you said, they do make their own stuff, but they have uh, it's not nearly as much as the other guys. So yeah, remember when they used to do that? Like here's it's pilot season. Here's yeah, know, five yeah. to choose from, and you pick which ones we make. I did that. Yeah. I've watched and like voted once, and my show didn't get picked up. <laughs> I know there was like a Woody Your Allen Poughkeepsie one or show didn't make it, and then it was like, oh, we can't do that anymore. Like, yeah. sorry, I don't know, it didn't exist. But yeah, I don't think they're doing anything like that. But. No, I haven't heard of that in a long time. Yeah, uh, it does remind me. I do have another story I want to add here. Ooh. So, uh, how about at, you just at, go with it now? At any point, we can insert it. Um, insert here. Amazon reminded me of it. Uh, and I'll get to why. Uh, but I did see uh, Seth Rogen is producing a new Ninja Turtles. So there's been many attempts at the Ninja Turtles. It's a, it's a very popular property. But it, um, a few years back, it was bought by Nickelodeon. So Nickelodeon owns the rights to it, which is a little little strange that Nickelodeon owns the rights to it. Because, hmm. uh, I mean, Nickelodeon is just kind of a – it's a subsidiary of now greater Viacom, CBS, or whatever that whole thing is. Uh, but they they are making uh, another one. It's animated. Uh, Seth Rogen producing, and this is kind of what Seth Rogen's been doing for the last five years. Is he's he's going after like adult uh, comic books and producing them. So he did Preacher, a show I liked. Uh, the Boys on Amazon. That's what remind me. That's that's probably my favorite thing that Amazon's done, and that's a huge hit for them. Uh, he's he's done that, and I believe he also did Invincible with Amazon, hmm. another comic book. So like comic books that are made for adults, and he's getting them made into series. Uh, so now he's doing uh, Ninja Turtles, which uh, the last Ninja Turtles we saw was produced by Michael Bay and was really weird. It was uh, the turtles themselves were CGI, but it was live action movie and it had Megan Fox. They weren't they weren't good and. Yeah, I never but saw people, those. But people care about Ninja Turtles and, you know, have someone who who clearly cares about making this stuff behind the scenes. I think that's a good thing. I feel like um, Corey Haim in The Burbs was a Ninja Turtle in... Corey Feldman. Yeah, that one. Yes, he was in the, the original... The original... Uh, but I mean, he ones. that character in The Burbs was a Ninja Turtle. You know, pizza dude! Yeah, but that's, that's what... So that's what's funny is that in... He voiced one of the Ninja Turtles in... The, those original movies, which I still love, at least the first one. I think it's a great movie. Uh, they're all on HBO Max right now, including oh, okay. the animated one from 2007. Uh, but the the original, like, Jim Henson puppets, uh, Corey Feldman did the voice of one, but he did the voice of, like, the smart turtle instead of the party turtle, hmm. which is, like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, no, that's not what Corey Feldman is. You don't think uh, Corey Feldman, the nerd. Like, a nuclear physicist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was always a strange choice. Whenever I go back and watch that, it's like that doesn't. You'd always think, yeah, Corey Feldman's definitely Michelangelo, right? No, hmm. um, but maybe maybe he'll get his chance now. Yeah, <laughs> Seth Rogen watched will... the Burbs and like, you know what? This kid's got it. Uh, so I don't know what's happened with that. Um, although I'd like to see. So this is Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's production company, and they're just they're being producers. Uh, I'd like them to make something. They haven't made a movie together in quite some time. That Seth Rogen made that pickle movie by himself, um, but I'd like to see the you know the guys back together. We get the band that, back, uh, huh? Yeah, get that super bad magic back. Yeah. Well, fancy that, Andy. You're gonna get some Ninja Turtle action soon. Yeah, huh? exciting. All right. Well, tell us about Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, as Craven the Hunter. Another Spider-Man villain spinoff movie from Sony. Um, so, of course, we had Venom, and Venom 2 is coming out this year. Also, uh, Jared Leto's Morbius, if you remember, that was supposed to come out last year. This was another from you know the stable of weird Spider-Man villains that they're going to make their own solo movies for. Uh, so now this is the next one, Craven the Hunter, who's a pretty popular character in that series. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson of uh, Godzilla and uh, Kick-Ass. And Fresh recently- off Tenet. Yeah, most recently Tenet. Uh, he's going to star as... Savages is probably his best role. Okay, yeah, maybe. Uh, and it's going to be directed by J.C. Shandor, who uh, has made like good, critically acclaimed movies. So that's a strange pick, but I guess that's, that's pretty common now is these 
people are getting the paychecks from for these comic book movies and i think a lot of times they're given a good amount of freedom but yeah he made a margin call which i really liked he made uh, a most violent year which was a good movie but his last movie was triple frontier for netflix which was not that good just kind of a standard action movie but it had a really great cast of like dudes people like you know like pedro pascal you know like pedro pascal that's just kind of like a guy it's like oh everyone loves him right now yeah and he's just where's narcos i was thinking about that yesterday are they making more of that i think so who knows uh but they are making craven the hunter so fancy that for that in 2023 i assume whoa okay tell us about how L. Kemper is a beauty queen of racism. <laughs> so Ellie Kemper, who uh, probably most famously Aaron from The Office, the uh, replacement for Pam. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also the star of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix, a show I really enjoyed. Uh, well, there was a story this weekend that she was crowned the queen of love and beauty back in 1999. And it was a basically a pageant for uh, rich racists. Uh, <laughs> What does that even mean? <laughs> like a like a racist organization. So it's like, well, it's not the KKK, but it basically is. It's like the rich guys have their own semi-legitimate foundation or whatever. Is Don Johnson in this? And I have no, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but it's just kind of a, it's a hilarious story in that like, all right, well, what do you do with that? Like, <laughs> what are you going to fire her from the office? <laughs> well, that show's over, asshole. Like she was she was 19, so she was a college freshman, and like I'm sure she didn't choose to be on it. Like, I, So you, you n- never watched Borat 2? No. Uh, but there was a, a, a great sequence there where he takes his you know fake daughter to the weird like balls that they have in the South where it's like, oh, the dads present their teenage daughters for everyone. It's like, this is fucking weird and creepy. Yeah. There's some just weird ass shit that still goes on, and like and Liam Neeson's gonna just do a shoulder roll through that door. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where's my daughter? But so that stuff's still going on then, and this was twenty something years ago. That, but it's just like cool, like yeah. I guess I, the 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 investigative part is like, do you guys know there's this rich racist group? It's like yeah, probably. Like it's called the Country Club. I don't know. <laughs> like it's out there. That's ridiculous. But I don't see uh, any real consequences for all the people like she should have known better. It's like, no, I think it's I think we're good. I think she'll still get jobs in some comedy. You know what? I think at some point the. uh, The axe might come for the people that are doing all of this bullshit, you dweebs that are, you know, what happened 25 years ago? What happened 30 years ago? Oh, you. You stepped on uh, this racist land. <laughs> I yeah. what if the, it's like, uh, hey, you were one of those assholes that just you were a uh, like a patent troll kind of person. Where you just all you did was look for trouble forty years ago. Yeah, You're this fired. wasn't even this wasn't even supposed to be like an, a revelation about her. It was something like some article written about this society or something, and then like. It was like common knowledge. There's like newspaper things that she won this pageant. It's like it was on her Wikipedia page and stuff. It's like, oh shit, that's weird. But I thought it was funny. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, uh, so there might be a Joker sequel, Andy? Huh? Yeah, there was a, a report this week that Todd Phillips is co-writing a sequel to Joker. The 2019 Joaquin Phoenix movie, which he, you know, wrote and directed. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. I think it said it came from his agency. I kind of feel like the studio is like, yeah, we'll pay you if you write a sequel. And he's like, sure, I'm not going to make it like, but (laughs) I'll get paid. Like, yeah, I'll put something together because I have no idea why they would want to make a sequel to this because it's stands alone like it's yeah it is what it is there's no like and then walking phoenix's character actually became a crime lord so like no that doesn't even make sense that wasn't the point of that movie or that's how that character was like like what do you do with that uh i don't know he maybe he starts fighting uh bruce wayne who's now 15 yeah <laughs> but he's still just a 
um, a mentally unwell guy and not really a crime lord. Like what? I don't know where you go with that. Yeah, I don't know. He obviously would have a following by now. Yeah, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm hoping. And, uh, my guess is, like, is De Niro's not in it. Uh, probably, yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you play a zombie character, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's my guess is Todd Phillips is like sure, like maybe it was in his contract where it's like they pay him five hundred grand if he turns in like twenty pages or something. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, sure, I'll do it. Well, we'll see. Maybe something comes out of it. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It might just be a thing that we never hear about again. Yeah. Okay. And and I mean, the other part is, I mean, is Walking Phoenix interested in that at all? Probably not. I don't know if he's interested in anything. Yeah. So <laughs> he quit acting again. Um, who would yeah. they farm that out to, to to replace him? Who would you think? I would go. I'd put my money on Topher Grace. Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> oh, he's gonna do them all. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Well, we'll continue to monitor that. Monitor that as uh, as information unfolds. But what we can tell you more about is an Evil Dead series for H- HBO Max series or movie. It is a movie. Oh. So it, it, in one story I saw described as Evil Dead Four, which gets really confusing on what counts as Evil Dead and what doesn't, uh, because they made. Technically, three movies in the original series, and then they made a reboot uh, less than 10 years ago that was pretty good and then did nothing else with it. And then they made like a TV show spinoff on like, I think Showtime or something. Uh, but now they're making a new movie for, for HBO Max. It's going to be an HBO Max original. And you'll be able to watch it right away. Um, and is it part of the series? Is no one really knows they, they aren't specific uh sam raimi and bruce campbell are producing but have doesn't look like they have any other involvement there's not going to be the the character of ash is not going to be in it so bruce campbell will be acting in it and sam raimi's not writing or directing uh but you know i don't know if it's they're just going to get paid for work they did 30 years ago or they're really putting their work into it i i don't know but there's potential for that to be good. I'm I'm a fan of the uh, the franchise there, and I think after that 2013 one, there was expectations that they'd continue on from that, and they never did because that that was a successful movie, critically acclaimed, and made money. I think, but uh, it's see, this it's, it's kind of it's how it works. It's called it's gonna be called Evil Dead Rise, and uh, this franchise just doesn't die. That's, yeah, that's how it goes. Well, pretty good, Andy. Yeah. I've never seen anyone any of these. Yeah. I do remember the jacket cover of Evil Dead 2 because that scared the crap out of me when we would go to the store and rent, you know, VHS tapes. Yeah, the VHS one that's like the skull. Yeah, I was like, why does that thing have eyes and it's a skull? (laughs) I'm six. This is horrifying, but I can't look away. Yeah, I've got the, I got the 4K of Evil Dead 2. It's not that cover though. Uh, That's too bad. I'm waiting for the 4K of Army of Darkness, which is, which was the PG-13 movie they made. So it was less weird, but still super weird. And It's like the same cover as uh, Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Kind of interesting. Weren't, weren't all those covers kind of like a take on uh, the original Star Wars, I think? Probably, yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, it's like always a person in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Okay. Well, you know what's interesting? So on my IMDb, more comedy picks on this page for Evil Dead 2 is School of Rock, which uh, is a a bummer of a transition, I suppose, to a uh, story that broke, I think, on like Thursday or Friday last week. Kevin Alexander Clark is uh, dead at the age of 32. Yeah, he was. Wasn't drugs. Yeah, Freddie from School Rock, the drummer. The drummer, yeah. Hit by, was it a car while he was on a bike? Yes. So, uh, and I'd read this in, intersection is very dangerous. A lot of people have died already on bikes, which is like, if you get more than one, maybe you, you do something different, but that's too bad. Yeah. I don't think he really did much beyond this. I mean, no, his, the story already, still his he, kid photo. He never he never acted again. He but he all those people actually played music, so he continued to play music. 
And so there were some there were some pictures of him and Jack Black from a couple of years ago that they played together doing something. Um, Just jamming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was he was a fun character. He was the the punk guy that was like, oh, you could be the attitude drummer and everything. And it was that was fun. And uh, uh, I always enjoyed that movie. So it'll be a little different next time I see it. Be like, oh, that. It also was just kind of jarring when it's like, oh, those were kids, and uh, he's thirty-two. So I mean, I I never thought that that guy would be older than me because it seemed like yeah, right. I was in high school when that movie came out, and they were like supposed to be like sixth grade or something. But I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know how many sixth graders could jam, so they had to just age <laughs> him down. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Uh, I did see and. Other news of School of Rock, uh, it's, I guess, suppose good news. Uh, one of the girls married one of the kids from that movie. I think the like the oh. bodyguard, that little like chunky kid, married one of the backup singers. I think Marta. Make that into a series. Yeah. Come on, HBO Max. You're just throwing money away and just spending it like crazy. Oh, and I'm also seeing Nicky Cat was in uh, this as Razor. He must have been obviously in a band. Maybe he was in that van that Freddy goes out to. What's up, dog? We're just hanging out or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Gambling and smoking. <laughs> He's in fifth grade. <laughs> uh, but yeah, too bad. Uh, very sad. Okay. We will be moving on. Andy, I pulled some numbers from the box office over the weekend. And in fact, I even tried to go to the theater on Friday. I didn't actually go, but I went to look at reserving seats for a film on, I want to say Wednesday. And it was all but booked for any showtime I'd like to have gone to. And I'm, of course, talking about A Quiet Place 2. Uh, which did you look at the numbers, Andy? Do you know how much it did? Uh, well, I know in total it was the first hundred million dollar weekend, like for every movie to combine uh, since the pandemic. So okay, uh, I didn't see what that movie specifically made. What would you guess? Um, I would say if it, it was a hundred million total, that movie made like fifty. Not too shabby. Probably he is an accountant, it. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, did forty seven point four million. Okay, Corella yeah. was uh, number two. At 21.3. What was number three? Uh, that's where I'm getting a little confused with, with it getting to 100 million. Let me go back to the page. It was like $2 million. But Well, there's thousands of movies out there. Who yeah. Knows? So uh, that was Raya and the Last Dragon at 2.3. Then Spiral, 2.2. Wrath of Man, 2.2. Godzilla versus Kong, still on the charts, yeah, but still at 885. Yeah, I mean, Raya and the Last Dragon, I think, came out like early March. That's pretty crazy. That's going to be out on Disney Plus, I think, like any Friday any week now. Yeah. That's so crazy. Well, there you go. But almost $50 million marker for uh, an individual movie. Pretty good. Welcome yeah. back to the theater. So did you end up seeing it? No, we did not go. Oh, okay. We couldn't get showtime. I mean, our only time we could have gone was Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I I went and saw it, and when I was looking at tickets for like morning showings on Sunday and then Monday, like they were sold out. Um, like if you were trying to get a showtime that was like within an hour, hmm. um, but I was able to get. I think on on Sunday night I got tickets for a Monday morning one, and it was uh, available. But I think it it ended up selling out like the amount they could so yeah i mean it's easy too to sell out now because it's like well there has to be at least the theater by us it's two seats apart from each group yes yeah. so it's like the good seats go pretty fast like obviously no one buys the seats in the front and if you don't if you're not already there too like a lot of people are like fine we'll just i'll have a sore neck for a, a day or two we're, we're here let's just watch it. it's like i'm not gonna buy bullshit seats for same price as the good seats and then be uncomfortable for two hours and are not even there so yeah all right well movies are uh slowly coming back but pretty good okay we're gonna get into what we've been watching but before we do that portion of the pod is brought to you by our good friends at the clipless leash head to the clipless to find the perfect dog leash that works with your dog's collar or harness for a limited time the tony's take customer 
or listener in this case, can get 65% off by plugging in promo code. Tony. That is T-O-N-Y at checkout. So head to thecliplessleash.com to pick up the dog leash you've been waiting for and plug in promo code Tony for 65% off at checkout. Okay. Uh, Andy, you have how many things? 21? Five. Five. Whoa. I have three. And I did not see Quiet Place. Okay. Well, I'll still talk about it, but I won't tell you anything. Okay. Very good. (laughs) All right. You want to go first here? Yeah, you start us out. Yeah, why don't I start alphabetically with 310 to Yuma. So uh, I know you've been on kind of a Russell Crowe run, right? I mean, who's not? Yeah, this is one of his his uh, good ones from 2007. Uh, Yeah, it's a it's a western with uh, Russell Crowe, Christian Bale, great cast. Uh, Ben Foster is incredible in this movie as the number two to Russell Crowe's uh, bad guy, and he's just kind of he's the uh, off the chains type guy just the the attack dog if you will of the gang Perfect role for him yeah he's he's great in this movie and it's it's just a fun movie i'd I'd seen it before uh and it was on the 4k blu-ray was on sale so i picked it up and uh finally got around to watching it uh i don't know if it's the best quality 4k blu-ray but like for a movie i haven't seen in years that i knew i liked it's like it's not not a big deal for you know 10 bucks or whatever it was you can watch it free on peacock okay well i do not have peacock well, it's free, and you have to watch it with ads. Yeah, um, but it, it's good. It's it's Christian Bale. I think before he was a mega star. I mean, he was already he'd already been Batman, but uh, it's pre Dark Knight at least. So it just it's a it's a fun movie. I like seeing you know westerns. I like seeing landscape. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this. Uh, looking at that cast, it's James Mangold directed. Yeah, so James Mangold's doing the Indiana Jones, but he I mean also did. Logan and Ford versus Ferrari. He's made good movies. So, and Russell Crowe isn't uh, a crazy fat guy in this. So that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> but also, when he's a crazy fat guy, that's also a plus too. So it sure you just is. can't you can't go wrong. Did you watch Unhinged again or something? <laughs> no, I'm just it's always on my mind. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, you did you did influence me. I just got in the mail today. I bought another 4K Blu-ray, uh, Black Hawk Down. Because like, oh, I should watch that. And then it's phenomenal. It's I insane. Saw, I saw the 4K Blu-ray there on sale. I'm like, hmm, I'll just buy that. Very nice. So I imagine so, that'll be on your what you watch next week. Maybe. Who knows what I'll watch this week. But uh, I do Keep have it. Around now, to it. So. You know, it's fun. And I don't know how. But so when I type in on IMDb 310 to uh, obviously pick 310 to Yuma, about six or seven down on the list is... The Man Who Wouldn't Talk from 1958. No mm-hmm. idea yeah. how that correlates with 310, but I bet well, that's a good make, one. So there was a 310 to Yuma from the 50s. Yeah, I see that right so, beneath it. I don't know, maybe 1957. it's like the same actor or something, so I don't know. That's maybe my director. Yeah. Delmar Davies. Nope. <laughs> He's a legend. Legend. Herbert Wilcox. So, no idea. Um, okay, how many do you have? How many did you just do? I got one? four more. I got four more, yeah. Okay, you want to go again? Sure. Uh, I watched. Uh, so if you remember, I, I like to do the what's leaving HBO yeah, or whatever at the end of the end. month. So uh, my next three are all movies that no longer exist on HBO Max. So. Uh, but they did at one point. So I don't know how much that helps anyone if I recommend them or not. But uh, the first one I watched, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Movie from the 90s. I'd never seen 90s action movie. Um, and you know, and I, I, I love nineties action movies. We talked about it when we talked about the, those who wish me dead, that that was a yeah. very nineties style movie. So this is a, Oh, it's it has Brian by, Cox, which today is his birthday. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's written, written by uh, Shane black who, uh, you know, done a lot of things, lethal weapon and Iron Man three and the predator and what, uh, another Russell Crowe movie, the, the nice guys, um, which is a really good one. Uh, he's a really good writer in this movie has a lot of great dialogue in it. Uh, it's starring Gina Davis and Sam Jackson, who it's early Sam Jackson. It's, I mean, he's still a star, I'd say at that point, I think it was, would have been right after Pulp Fiction, but uh, he, he's a private investigator and she is a person who doesn't know her past. She just kind of like woke up one day and 
didn't know anything about herself and moved on with her life. And, uh, you know, of course there's something, there was something more to it. So, uh, people want to kill her and they have to go on the run and, you know, it's one of those movies and it's, it's one of those movies. Pretty fun. (laughs) It's not that good, but it's worth it. It's fun. It's, it's a nineties action movie, uh, but it is no longer available on HBO max. So sorry. Very exciting, (laughs) man. I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere again. Yeah. But if you ever see that, like, oh, okay, and I know what that is now. Okay. All right, well, I'll go in for one. I watched a Netflix original, The Woman in the Window, 2021. This is uh, Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, and uh, a little bit of Anthony Mackie, which uh, Netflix is... uh, you're seeing him all over Netflix, I guess. And then also Wyatt Russell. Okay. Um, so Anthony Mackie and Wyatt Russell are good friends. They're both in that Captain Falcon whatever thing. Yeah. And, uh, and Julianne Moore. And uh, I'm just now realizing Jennifer Lace- Jason Lee is... Uh, I don't want to get into too much of it, but they play the same person. Okay. It's interesting. I didn't... Anthony Mackie and Jennifer Jason Lee. But... Yeah, how'd you know? Uh, so have you seen this, Andy? No, I I know of it. Uh, I, I plan on uh, re-upping Netflix pretty soon and trying to run through all oh, the yeah, things. Oh, yeah, you're missed, off uh, so. the Netflix. Yeah, there's that Bo Burnham special I want to watch. So. Uh, yeah. so this is an agoraphobic woman, woman living alone in New York, spying on her neighbors. So it's kind of Disturbia meets like... Uh, I don't know, a classic, uh, kind of like a panic room or something even. Uh, just big old like New York house where it's like 15 floors and somehow the lady owns all of it. And... Many rooms, multiple rooms in there? Yeah, yeah, it's a multi-room house. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> classic. Uh, we need to get that drop one of these days. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It has moments where it's um, like, ugh, what are you doing? And uh I mean, Gary Oldman's great. He's not in a whole lot of it, but the lines he's, he delivers, he, he just pow with it. Amy Adams is, is, you know, as always, pretty much great. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's, uh, it's a movie you can watch for a good couple hours of your time. You won't be uh, too upset by it. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a little twists and hooks and such at the end. So it's one of those. It's fun. Yeah, I think it was a big get for Netflix. I'm pretty sure this was a uh, a pandemic special, or this was going to be a theater movie. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe it. That's yeah, it's pretty good cast for. It's also the kind yeah. of movie you could shoot really easily during a pandemic. I mean, yeah, there's three people in this movie, and 90 percent of it's filmed in a home, so pretty easy. But yeah, go check it out. It's on Netflix. Okay. What else you got, Andy? Uh, well, my next one here uh, is called Doubt, and uh, this has a great cast, including Amy Adams as well, but it's uh, oh. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep, Amy Adams, and Viola Davis, who were all nominated for Academy Awards for this movie, um, but it did not get nominated for Best Picture even. Uh, Never even heard of it. At least I don't it remember is, it. It, is a, it was based on a, a stage play. Uh, but it's about in, in the 1960s where Meryl Streep is the like principal of the Catholic school. Uh, she has uh, doubts, I guess, about the the head priest there, uh, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. She suspects uh, some uh, abuse, you know, of, of one of the, the children there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Amy Adams is one of the other nuns who's a teacher there. Um, and so, yeah, it's about them kind of going back and forth. What they sh- What should they do about this? You know, there's no proof of this. And, uh, you know, and it, it it is a stage play in that it is very much like scenes. Like, all right, here's two characters in this one setting and they go back and forth. Uh, I think it was pretty good. And, yeah, it's, you know, very, very talented actors. You know, I, I, I need to work my way all the way through all of Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman's movies at some point because, uh, sadly, there will be no more of them. But uh, it's, an, it's another another good one of his. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's good, good movie, but uh, no longer available <laughs> on HBO. You like to do that to us, Andy. Movies we can't watch anymore. Yeah, well, at least they're there. Yeah, they're they're out there in the world somewhere. 
All right, my next one uh, was from 2020, Wander, on uh, available on Amazon Prime. This is Aaron Eckhart and Tommy Lee Jones with Heather Graham and uh, Raymond Cruz for a little bit, and uh, he plays. I think his name's like Tuco in uh, Breaking Bad. He's the yes, horrifying yeah. drug guy. And uh, also in Predator 2. Also in Predator 2. Which I just watched. Yeah. This follows a, uh, a PI who's kind of off his rocker. Uh, and you know, it's funny. So him and Tommy Lee Jones, they live out in the, you know, well, Aaron Eckhart at least lives in two motorhomes out in, you know, nothing. Kind of like Cousin Eddie in like Vegas Vacation. Think of that. Uh, and they do a podcast, Andy, like a crime okay. know, conspiracy podcast, which wait, uh, wait. coming soon to the Tony's Take World, by the way. So it's Eckhart and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, is this I know they both played Two Face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I said I made that a little uh, fun uh, catch as well while I was watching it. Yeah, um, but they get a call on the show. They do. They have more technology on their pod than us. They can do. They live stream and people call into their pod, which is pretty Oh, we long. could do that too. I know, but we don't. We have no need to also though. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a lady whose daughter is missing. And so he goes and investigates in the city of Wander, which is in uh, southern Texas, it looks like. And uh, it just seems yeah, very Tommy strange. Tommy Jones is not leaving the state of Texas anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a small town. And, uh, you know, things just seem strange and so he continues to investigate and again i don't want to give away too much of the story uh stuff's not right are are people you know evil but they pretend not to be kind of thing who do you trust this and that and he's also just very much a a nervous nelly to begin with where he you know when he takes a phone call he has this little like scrambler device that makes it so that people can't record him or something he's constantly pointing things at uh you know surveillance equipment and uh, all of this, he's got burner phones because people are tracking him. At least he thinks um, it's kind of weird. The ending wasn't the best. Um, it's a good cast. That if it wasn't the cast, I probably wouldn't have liked it too much. I'd give it about a six and a half out of ten. Um, yeah, and again, I don't want to give away the ending, but eh, it was okay. I like Tommy Lee Jones, and I like Aaron Eckhart, so. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. If you want to check it out, uh, beware. I guess you'll see. Okay. What else okay. you got, Andy? My uh, last one that's no longer available uh, is an animated DC movie called Justice League: Gods and Monsters. Uh, it's only about an hour, but it is a it is an interesting premise. It is the Justice League, but all actually different characters. So it's there's a Superman, but it's not Clark Kent. And there's a Batman who's not Bruce Wayne. And there's a Wonder Woman who's not uh, Diana. Uh, they're all different, like alternative characters and in an alternative like Bizarro world. Jerry? Yeah, I guess similar to that. They go to a weird coffee shop. Yeah. So, it's you know, with animated movies, they can take risks and do weird stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. And, and DC does a good job of making, like, they make a lot of adult-oriented uh, animated movies. Uh, with all the the DC stuff, and I've watched a couple of them over the years, and there's like a ton of them on HBO Max. So this was like I wasn't feeling well; I had a headache on a Saturday. And I was like, oh, I'll just put something on that I don't need to watch too intently, and uh, this was it. And right. it was pretty good. So I think uh, they they do a good job with these. So there's like I said, there's like twenty of these on HBO Max, and I don't think they're I don't think they're like connected at all. It's just kind of like their own stories. So. There's one, I know there's one, there's like Batman versus the Ninja Turtles. And it's like, someday I'll have to get to that because <laughs> why does that exist? Yeah, that's, you're all about that. Okay. Um, are you ready for what I watched, Andy, at your uh, recommendation? Now, okay. I'm going to botch this on purpose because I've been saying it this way. I, I wrote it down this way. Uh, east of Maretown. Yeah, that's not right, but... Mayor of East Town. Yeah. Uh, it sounds I like watched... she's the mayor, but she's not. Yeah, it's her name is Mary Ann, right? Yeah. Um, I watched the whole thing. Watched it oh, over the weekend. Okay. for. Uh, I think we started it maybe Thursday, but otherwise Friday. Um, 
It's pretty good. It's an advertisement for Rolling Rock and just everyone in that town is a disaster uh, in one way or another. Um, It's like, is everyone working in a coal mine? What do these people do for a living? Wow. Kind of a thing. Like, is this really what Pennsylvania looks like outside of like the town? No. (laughs) You don't know, Andy. You haven't been. I think like, I think in reality, that's like a upper middle class, like suburb. But obviously this, this story sounds a real place. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, but it's not filmed there. Like I said, I, it's like, I know that, but it's like I'm an just... OC situation where it's like, oh, but it's you can you could film. You could film this in Orange County, but you decided not to. So but let's just say it this way. Uh, Brad Inglesby gave his Yelp review of what he thought of their town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the whole thing. And also, why was Guy uh, Pierce in it? I had read that uh, it was a favor and that the original actor then had a conflict and he's friends with uh, Kate Winslet. So, okay, that makes yeah, sense because it's, it's such a the whole time. Like, how is he connected? How is he murdering these people if he was with her? Like, why is he in this show? And then I was like, you know what? Maybe he's just like, guys, I'm Guy Pierce. I want to do a show for HBO. Put me in something They're like, fuck, we have nothing. Like, we're going to just have to write this in to the show. God, it is. And so that makes sense. It was a favor. Well, it worked for the people who are obsessed with solving the mystery because... Yeah, it throws a little stick yeah, in the spokes. Everyone assumed that it so had something to do with it, but um, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say it's not because, yeah, it's not... There's no reason to even think why, but... I also, just, I want to make a, a citizen's arrest on little Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> that kid looks just like Ozzy Osbourne, and it doesn't make any sense that he's such a little piece of shit because his dad doesn't looks like doesn't look like he beats him. Yeah. And his mom looks like she cares. So what happened to him? Where'd they go? Like what happened? Yeah, that was weird. And then also like the his girlfriend who like Oh, you do horrible. not call her a girl. And then but it's like, oh her parents are the they run the local restaurant and are nice people. And it's like what? I'm like what? What's going well, on? This town sucks. He threw milk through yeah, a window. Yeah, I guess that guy Come wasn't on. innocent. But. An asshole. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I don't know. It was also just weird. Like everyone's related, everyone knows everyone, and they'd never stop drinking Rolling Rocks. Yeah, yeah. There's a problem in that town. Yeah. Uh, I think we just didn't see the good people, you know. And know, also, maybe. every single person in that town is Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> that last scene where there's like the priest, and like, oh, all the characters are back at church. And it's like that doesn't make any sense. It's like Boston. <laughs> uh, Evan Peters was great. He he's. I'm surprised he's not in more things. I feel like maybe he just gets absorbed or I just don't watch anything he's in because I didn't know he was in a bunch of X-Men movies. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, he always does American Horror Stories. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's really good. And I didn't see that coming. Uh, His, uh, you know, his His exit. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it just uh, like, I don't know. These kind of shows can make me uncomfortable, like just uneducated people being trashy <laughs> like i don't like it uh but it was good i like gene smart i feel like she's also kind of becoming hbo's little favorite child um because isn't yeah. she in watchmen also yeah she has that other show that's on right now too yeah and she just started a new show which i haven't watched and don't think i intend to uh i think i'm gonna be watching that because it's got good reviews but well you'll have to tell me how yeah. it is but yeah so we finished it last night i think the last night aired or the last show, last episode aired last night. So, or no, Sunday, Sunday night. Yeah. Today's Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth watching. It's only seven episodes, so it's it's not the lengthiest watch there is. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, I wonder if you did the right thing of uh, just watching it all in a weekend, it's easy that way, week to week to week. Yeah, like that. don't nobody got time for that, Andy. Well, it's the same amount of time. Well, no, because you're thinking about it when it's oh, not okay. on. Because you're like, yeah. hmm, why is Guy Pierce the murderer? <laughs> and then just doing deep know. dives on Guy Pierce. Yeah, exactly. Watching YouTube videos and like, look, look at the way this guy's hand was placed. He's definitely the killer. I don't know. I was looking for like him getting into that Jaguar when he's leaving. It's like, so he he is done killing in this town. He's going to the next town to kill, huh? Yeah. It's like maybe the season two will happen with this or something. <laughs> I don't know. 
All right. What's your last uh, movie? A Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, it's very enjoyable. It's got some great sequences. Uh, got to give it up to John Krasinski. He actually knows what he's doing. The the opening, which you've seen most already in that, in that trailer, where it's like uh, day one, where when yeah. they first get there, uh, is is great. It's an incredible sequence. Um, and of course, that that's the one part that actually has him in the movie still. So that's nice. He got to still put himself in his movie. What, he die in the show or something? He died in the first one. Did he? Yeah. Oh. that's not, I don't think it's a spoiler. I mean, it's a spoiler if you haven't seen the first one. But I don't remember those. Yeah. <laughs> Movie's like four years old or something. He had to sacrifice to make sure his family was able to survive. Um, But what I like about this is that it's it is a logical um, next step for how the first one ended. So um, sounds like you don't even remember, but remember they figured out the her like hearing aid would cause interference, yeah, like a supersonic pitch or something. Yeah, and explode. It basically kind of like hurt them and paralyzed them, and you're able to to shoot them at that point. Much Uh, like Mars attacks. Very much. And uh, uh, it's very similar to Mars Attacks. What did they do at Mars Attacks? Basically the same thing they did in this. Drive around with that speaker. Well, it's like, yeah. The, the scene where he has to, you know, get to and the radio station. And they go around station. and shoot him as they're you know, having little brain aneurysms. I'm saying, remember, first he has to get to the radio station. Yeah. And there's that scene where the giant robot chases him. But um, yeah, that's, that's basically the whole movie is they have to get to the radio station. To... Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's what I like. It's like, oh, they're just they're making the smart decisions. Of course, since it is a horror movie, there also is parts where people make dumb decisions. And uh, but just it, that the whole the world they created has so much natural tension to it that just makes for some really great parts to it. I also feel like this movie had a lot cut to it because there are two background characters who are actors that are in things that are barely in it like there's they have one scene or two scenes so uh there's scoop mcnary who's, who's not a big name but he's been in a lot of different things uh he was in a show i loved called uh halt and catch fire he was the main character he's 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 somebody uh he would he was in this I movie think he's also in narcos uh i think he's in right. a lot of stuff lately yeah no he, he's he's in a lot of things he's yeah he's in narcos mexico yeah he's the he, main uh, character once upon a time in hollywood i don't remember him that movie He's a business Bob Gilbert. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, anyways, uh, he uh, is in one scene and doesn't have a line because, of course, they don't speak in this movie. So it's like he doesn't even have a speaking part. Which <laughs> is like, I can't think that was the original cut of the movie where this guy had zero speaking parts. Yeah. Uh, and then also um, the actor, I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Jimon Honshu. Uh, Blood Diamond. Known from Blood Diamond, yeah. I, I wish I could for Jaimon, Jaimon Hansu. Something I don't like know. That. I wish someone told me beforehand, uh, but like he's in a lot of things. Uh, he's also only in it for a short amount of time. And it's like, oh, that's that's strange. And it's also only it's only like 80 minutes, the movie. So I feel like there was stuff cut out of it. And uh, maybe maybe it's because uh, John Krasinski knows what he's doing. and He knows how to make a movie that just flows. Right. So. Yeah, uh, very good. And it's it's definitely a movie worth returning to the theater, even even though there's not a ton of sound because there's not a lot of speaking in the movie. There There is a lot of yeah, that doesn't mean there's sound no effects. noise. Yeah, yeah. There's, so it's it's cool. And uh, I think they said there's there's already going to be a third one, which is oh boy, it doesn't need it. But also I could see them doing it. So. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And it's good. I mean, it makes tons of money. So, of course, they're going to do it. Yeah. But if you're if you're feeling uh, good, there's no reason not to go to movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Movie theaters are a good time. Also, I don't know how the. So in California here, we've got June 15th is the the date. That's the date. We're no longer uh, COVID uh, country. Yeah. So we're in this weird like period right now where a lot of a lot of these corporations have already said they're no longer requiring masks. but. Obviously, they defer to local laws, which has created confusion. But like Cinemark has already said they're not going to require masks or they don't require masks anymore as a corporate policy. Uh, But of course, that doesn't mean anything here. Uh, So I assume on June 15th, you won't have to wear a mask, which is it's already kind of loosely enforced. Like you don't you just 
I, this time I didn't even buy food and I just took the mask off once I got inside. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, what do they my, have? My thought Night is, vision? Like, how would they even know? My thought is if you don't want to get a vaccine at this point, then, and you die from this, then that's your fault. Like, like I, don't, I, I don't need to protect anyone anymore from it. Like, I mean, so I'm not worried about it. If you haven't got a vaccine, that's your fault. It's Grandpa Kennedy for you right there. Mm-hmm. So I assume every, I'm saying I assume everyone that's going to the theater has already made that uh, judgment themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not worried about them. Yeah, because it was it was a strange thing. I went to a restaurant afterwards and got like an appetizer, and it's like it's so awkward where you're like, all right, I wore a mask to walk three feet into where the table was, and took it yeah. off immediately. And then it was like there was instructions where I was like, you should put your mask back on when the waiter approaches you, and it's like nobody does that. And I feel like the employees there, if they had an option, wouldn't want to wear the masks either. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, this is a whole different tangent, but I do wonder if like June 15th, is it going to be like magic? And it just. It's the day we uh, <laughs> declare our independence day. Yeah, just all, it all goes back to normal again. We will not yeah. know, go quietly into the night. Yeah. We will not go down without a fight. I don't know the rest of the lines from Bill Pullman's speech, but who does? But uh, something like that. What it does mean is we'll all be we'll all be maskless heading into that Fast and the Furious fourteen. So yeah, it's totally worth it. I need full face to see John Cena. That's true. I need to see him. I need to taste him with my mouth. Oh dear God! Whoa, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to issue an apology in Mandarin now. <laughs> all right, uh, ready to wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, all right. You've been listening to episode 222 of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had off-road ditching his mask, Andy. Thank you. We'll see you later.